Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you're anywhere in the GovCon world, this podcast is for you. Today, we're talking about how the government can block bad actor companies from doing business with the government. This episode is brought to you by Skyway Acquisition. To learn more, visit skywaymember.com or I'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of the episode. All right, let's get into what is suspension and debarment. Understatement of the century is it, it's not like we'll get debarred. <laughs> I heard that once from a contractor. They're no longer a customer. There's a, there's a long story there. I was not only appalled at the behavior, I mean, that's, that's a story for over beers, but more importantly, <laughs> it, it made me wonder if, is this the standard perception among contractors? This idea of, oh yeah, it's not like we'll get debarred. I've seen companies get debarred. I've seen companies get suspended. Uh, I've seen companies get close to both. And there are even ways to use processes to avoid both, such as setting up a, a get well plan, like, a, like an administrative agreement or using an independent monitor. I mean, this is a real thing. Bottom line is it's suspensions and debarments, they're rare, but they're real. I mean, the list is pretty long. We'll talk about that later. The good news is that a lot has to go wrong to get to the point of a debarment. And there's a lot that can be done before getting, before things get that critical. Before we get critical, let's stop and say thanks. Thanks this week goes out to Jason Bell from Minerva Ponos. Minerva Ponos provides facilities project management services. They specialize in steam room equipment and industrial HVAC and energy use management. That's a niche. Minerva Ponos is also a SDVUSB, a service disabled veteran and small business, and he's in the Atlanta, Georgia area. I want to thank Jason specifically for being a long-term listener and telling me how he found our podcast. It's a fun story. He found the podcast through the search tool on his Tesla, on his, on his Model 3. And since we've talked about Tesla before, it was a cool story that I'm looking at him through the Zoom call and I can see he's inside the, the, the Tesla <laughs> during the conversation. Jason's also a Skyway community member and it's members like Jason that allow us to provide this podcast for free week after week. Thanks, Jason. That is awesome. And yes, that is how we continue to bring you a podcast every week. All right, back to suspensions and debarments. What are we talking about today? Jumping right into the FAR, FAR 9.402 says agencies shall solicit offers from, award contracts to, and consent to subcontracts with responsible contractors only. If the government finds that you are not a responsible contractor, they may suspend or debar you from getting government business. This is serious stuff. The FAR requires that the government doesn't use suspension and debarment just because they're mad at you, not to punish you. It specifically says not for purposes of punishment. Suspension and debarment are only imposed for the public interest. So to protect the government's interest and only for the reasons that, that the FAR describes, although there is kind of a any reason at all at the end of it. We'll, we'll, we'll get to yeah, that in a second. It's a lengthy list of all options right. that the government can use. So what does suspension or debarment mean? If you are suspended or debarred, you are not allowed to receive any federal government contract awards for a specified period of time. No subcontract awards from government contractors over $35,000 unless specific consent is given by the contracting officer. 
And it's not just companies that can be suspended or debarred. It could be you as a person. An individual can be debarred. Or both. Can be, it could be the company and the individual. Yeah, could be, could be both. And if it is you as an individual, the government will examine all your ties to other organizations that do government business. So sort of follow, follow the spider webs of all, all your different business arrangements, and they could debar every company that you're in contact with. Now, there are cases where the agency head can determine that there's a compelling need to award to you if you are suspended or debarred. And, and that has happened, I'm sure, in the past, or there wouldn't be a rule for it. But there are some <laughs> companies that do things so specific for national defense, for instance, that they say, we're really mad at you. We're not going to award anything else to you, but we have to award this contract to you because it's too important to not. But I'm sure they set up all kinds of monitoring apparatus to make sure that that whatever that you got suspended or debarred for doesn't reoccur. Okay. Focus, Paul. Debarment is often three years. That's sort of the, the starting point for debarment, but it could be five years, could be 10 years, could be forever. It's really funny. If you search in the system, which we'll talk about in a second, some debarments are listed for 99 years for, for some individual. The system actually says it ends in 2105, in the year 2105. You think they'll have updated Sam the system by then? That's a long time, dude. We'll still be using beta.sam.gov. That's right. it's still be a beta form. It could, it could be. Could be. It's funny. It's 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 like imposing a 99-year prison sentence on a 60-year-old person, right? It's not a life sentence, but it's it's longer than your life is is likely to be. It's 99 years. Funny. All right. What's the difference between suspension and debarment? Suspension is based on an immediate need. It's, it's a temporary measure where the government says there is adequate evidence, usually an indictment for a crime, that, that you've done something wrong. They use the suspension to let the investigation and legal proceedings work out. And there's a 12-month limit on it. If, if they haven't started an investigation or legal proceedings within 12 months, then the suspension is lifted and you're back to work. It has kind of a, we're stopping the bleeding kind of approach to it, but it also has a little bit of your guilty until proven innocent. Because while an indictment is a serious event, it, the, the case hasn't actually played out yet. So you could be suspended and have the same feel of debarment before everything's actually been proven in court. So it's, it's a very sucky place to be in. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good way to say it. Debarment is that next step. Debarment is based on a preponderance of the evidence, usually a conviction. If you are convicted of a crime, you're probably going to be debarred from doing federal business in the future. And like I said before, debarment's usually three years. That's the starting point, but it all depends on the severity of the issue and your what willingness to do the right things to get back in the government's good graces. The FAR has a long list of reasons, things that you can do to get suspended or debarred. And it's in 9.406-2 are reasons for debarment. 9.407-2 are reasons for suspension. It's essentially the same list. It starts with commission of a fraud or criminal offense in connection with government business. If you commit fraud or break laws in doing government business, you could be suspended or debarred. 
Another one is if you violate federal state antitrust statutes relating to the submission of an offer. Another one is commission of embezzlement. This is a big one. Embezzlement, theft, forgery, bribery, falsification, or destruction of records, making false statements, tax evasion, got to pay your taxes, violating federal criminal tax laws, or receiving stolen property. So that's a huge list. Yeah, that's like the whole list of basic crimes that, that <laughs> exactly. people might- It's like the, the yeah. commandments of being a bad guy are in there somewhere. Yep. It specifically calls out violations of the drug-free workplace laws. Interesting. That must be one that, that wasn't apparent in the long list that you just described. It's a separate entity, yeah. Also, if you put a Made in America sticker on a product that wasn't made in the United States, that's bad. <laughs> you know, someone or some ones must have done that and said, "That's what's wrong with that? It's not really bad, and, and it turned out to be bad enough that they put it in the FAR. Again, no rules are made until someone does something you don't like. Continuing with the list, if you don't pay your federal taxes, if you're delinquent in your federal taxes, you could be suspended or debarred. It, it's funny that it says if you owe taxes exceeding $3,500. It's <laughs> so if you, if, it, such it's, a random these, number. <laughs> these random numbers. So if you only owe $3,000 in taxes, you're not in trouble. But if you owe $4,000 in taxes, then you might get debarred. Right. That number pops up. Right. It's, and it seems, that seems like really low to me. Either, either make it zero, any delinquent federal taxes or make it like $100,000 or something. Wait, anyway, anyway. Anyway. It's the micro-purchase threshold. Sorry. We're going on the micro-delinquent tax threshold. All right, we're going on. Continuing with the list, there's a couple that I think are really important because these go to basic business ethics and integrity. Knowing failure by a principal of the company to timely disclose credible evidence of a violation of criminal law, violation of the False Claims Act, or significant overpayment on the contract can get you suspended or debarred. And this lasts until three years after you receive the final payment on, on your government contract. If you find out after the contract is over that- Three years yeah, after the contract has gotten the final payment. Yeah, that there was some kind of bribe involved or you got paid more than you were supposed to and, and you're just trying to keep it. If you just find out that accidentally that you kept more money than you were entitled to, and you don't report it, you could be suspended or debarred. So they're, they're calling out there for integrity, basic integrity, right? The next section of FAR specifically says that commission of any other offense indicating a lack of business integrity or business honesty that seriously and directly affects the present responsibility of a government contractor or subcontractor. That's that's like get out of jail free card for the government, I guess, for suspensions and debarments. Or, or put you in jail for free. Yeah, for exactly. Exactly. It, they gave you a whole list of things that, that are grounds for suspension or debarment. And then they open it up to anything else that doesn't follow our given standards for integrity and honesty. And it goes even farther by saying they can suspend you for any other cause of so serious or compelling in nature that it affects the, the, your responsibility. So it doesn't have to be directly affecting your government business. It could be outside of business altogether. But I imagine that's more, more of a rare case. Yeah, the, the bulk of this list says, here are the things we know have happened. 
And then this, this is paragraph nine, by the way, it says, just in case we miss something, we want the ability to suspend or debar you based on whatever the new version of bad guy is going to be, you know, by what, 2105? Right. We'll add it to the list, but yeah, it's not we'll there now. Later. In case it isn't in there, we're, we're going to use this blanket. Or you were so creative in your malfeasance that it'll never happen again. It'll never make the list, but we still have the right to suspend or debar you. All right. What happens if you are suspended or debarred? And this is in 9407-1. And the suspending or debarring official can pull out a couple of key things. Number one, when it's determined that the immediate action is necessary to protect the government's interests. In other words, the government's saying, we need to protect their interest, we can suspend you. Poof, right? If, if they have adequate evidence, right? They, there's, there's some kind of investigation going on and they think, I can't even wait until the investigation is complete. We're going to suspend you now. Again, it's that little bit of that guilty before proven innocent, innocent before proven guilty. No, you're, you're, you're supposed to be innocent before proven right. guilty. But in this case, you're, you're, you're perceived to be guilty. And then there's a, a process that may result, nope, just kidding, suspension is expired, or it results in you being right. debarred. Right. And just because an investigation is going on or something that looks like this might be bad, it doesn't mean they have to suspend you. The FAR actually tells the suspension or debarment official that you got to look at how serious it is and whether or not the contractors put in place any remedial measures or whether there's other mitigating factors. So they might not just jump right to suspension. Keep in mind that this suspension or debarment applies to all divisions or other organizational elements of the contractor, unless the, the decision specifies which parts it's going to apply to. So effectively, it apply, you mentioned before the spider web of, of relationships that may exist if an individual is debarred. Well, that's, that's what they're talking about here. All divisions of an organization. So it has a, a, a wide-reaching impact. All right, Kevin, let's link this to the acquisition and execution time zones quickly. In the acquisition time zones pre-award, when the government starts doing their market research, if they know that your company is suspended or debarred and that's going to last until after the contract award, they may not even consider you. They won't consider you. They, they can't. They'll just ignore you. They can't. Good. Yeah, exactly. And this flows through the RFP zone. They won't release an RFP to you. And source selection zone, they have to check to see if you are suspended or debarred before they award. So you're just eliminated from the acquisition time zones altogether. You're not eligible to play. During the execution time zones is, is often where these issues that, that can get so a company or a person suspended or debarred show up. So during the performance zone and the recompete zone, they're on the execution time zones is, is where the things happen that cause the debarment in the first place. But to your point, the impact that is mostly felt is going to be during the acquisition time zones. Yeah. I'd say most of the time it's during the execution time zones. Remember, there are those those edge cases where it could be something completely outside of government business that that rises to such an extreme level that they they suspend or debar you not related to your performance during the, the execution time zones. Yeah, what, what did you call that? Creative malfeasance? Yeah. And if you're not familiar with the acquisition time zones, we cover those in episode number three, and the execution time zones are in episode 84. All right, why government cares? How, how do government folks even know that a company is suspended or debarred? 
well, the FAR tells you this, 9.405 tells you that once proposals or quotes are received, the contracting officer has to check the exclusion records in SAM. Right now it's on beta.sam.gov. You go to entity information and search for that company and it will pop up and tell you whether or not they are currently excluded. If the contracting officer finds that you are excluded, you're suspended or debarred, they have to reject your bid and you're not even evaluated. They don't even look at your proposal. Just skip it. Forget it. Like it never showed up. And this is how seriously they take it. FAR says, immediately prior to award, the contracting officer shall again review the exclusion records to ensure that no award is made to a listed contractor. So they want to make sure that you didn't get suspended or debarred in the past days, weeks, months since they opened the bids. <laughs> yes, since they got the proposal, they want to make sure that you didn't sneak in to ending up on the debarred list. Right. So when you get the proposals, should we even evaluate this? Yes or no? And then before we award, did they get debarred between the time I opened their proposal and the time I went to award? Something to note is that the current work for someone who's debarred may not be may not be impacted. Uh, 9.405-1 talks about the continuation of, of current contracts. And it says agencies may, as in they can choose not to, but they may continue contracts or subcontracts that exist at the time that, that the contractor was debarred. So you can let them keep working, but the FAR says you can't place new orders under indefinite quantity contracts or federal supply schedule contracts, and you can't add new work or exercise options or otherwise extend the contract of someone that is suspended or debarred. You can let them work out what they have. I suppose the logic in that is if you, you award the contract for something that has to be delivered, well, if you terminate them entirely, then that thing's not being delivered. So this gives you time to go get somebody else. By, by allowing them to continue to work until the next option exercise, that gives you enough time to go find somebody else. Yeah, it's probably more expense and more more impact to stop it early than it is just to let them continue. Correct. Industry folks, this is a public list. The exclusion list, the suspension and debarment list is public. It is not a list you want to be on. Anybody Correct. can search for it and find out that you are one of the bad actors. If you happen to be on that list, remember... You can't get RFPs. You can't receive solicitations. You can't get contract awards. You can't get subcontracts unless the agency head determines that there is some kind of compelling reason for it. You're cut off. Now, we're talking about extreme cases here, right? There are very, very few contractors that are suspended or debarred, despite the fact that the list is thousands of pages long when you, when you look at it. <laughs> A lot of that is individuals, and it goes back like forever in time. You can see people that have been debarred for 20 years that, that still show up on the list. Things have to get pretty bad for a company to be suspended or debarred. And a lot of times, it's not like some big corporate conspiracy. A lot of times, it's because there's a bad actor that does something ethically, morally, maybe not morally, but ethically, business integrity-wise, they, they cross a line. And as a result, the government loses trust in, in the company. That's why the government requires companies to have policies and procedures that address some of these ethics and integrity things. If this does happen, okay, the government 
and the suspended or, or potentially debarred contractor can set up what's called an administrative agreement that lays out the terms and, and the process to get to a, to get well-planned basically, to get them back to responsible. So in the event that you're suspended, that's one way that you can get out of, get out of this, I guess, or, or make things, you know, get back to right. The government can also require, and the contractor can, can offer, I suppose, what's called an independent monitor to objectively monitor the contractor on behalf of the government. So in other words, somebody's been suspended, they're potentially going to be debarred, or maybe the individual got debarred, an individual, uh, a part of the company got debarred, and the government is willing to say, okay, we're not in the business of debarring people. This one guy, the evidence has shown, was the wacko in your organization. We think the company can actually survive this. We're not in the business of putting people out of business. However, we can't just say, oh, yeah, you're good. So an independent monitor is there to oversee the path to back to being a responsible contractor. This is one of the reasons why companies bring in Skyway, our, our, our consulting team, to review their ethics processes and, and make sure there are safeguards in place. It's the reason that our, our Skyway team also does independent monitor services, where we're providing independent review and oversight on behalf of the government to get people back to a healthy plan after something happens. Because sometimes it's a bad actor, right? Once that bad actor is there, you don't want the bad actor to turn a brush fire into an inferno. Yeah. Because the goal is to, is to be proactive enough that you have looked at these processes, you understand the overall structure of your ethics program. So you've kind of suspension proofed your organization as much as possible. Yeah. Something bad happened. We want to make sure it's not systemic. It's just a bad actor did some things. We want to make sure that there's policies and procedures in place so that never happens again. All right, Kevin, let's wrap this one up real quick. We're going a little long today. On the government side, you got to check the list, right? <laughs> it's, it's in the far. Uh, it's actually pretty easy to search. Uh, the good news is it's uh, it's pretty unlikely to find the contractor that you've awarded to on it. it does happen, but it's it's unlikely. Again, it's on beta.sam.gov right now, soon to be sam.gov, I'm sure. But if you search under entity information, you can find the excluded list. And industry folks, first, don't be a crook. It's <laughs> <laughs> an easy rule. But also don't count on the fact that everyone that's employed by your company is ethical and has integrity, sometimes they slip through the cracks. So establish policies, procedures, and systems to prevent bad actors from, from really wrecking your business. If you have more questions about suspensions or debarments and, or you want to get ahead of these by putting systems in place to protect against finding yourself in this situation, we can help. Go to skywayacq.com or you got your phone in your hand, probably most of our listeners. You can call us at 877-884-5280. All right, Kevin, that's enough about suspensions and debarments. I'll talk to you soon. All right, I'll see you, Paul. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. This episode is brought to you by Skyway Acquisition and Kevin just gave you the details on how you can access Skyway's team of contracting officers you can do that as a member of the Skyway community where there's a forum to ask your questions or you can do it through personalized custom consulting from our team of contracting officers. Skyway is how we pay the bills and bring the podcast to you for free week after week. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week. <laughs>